You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Fantastic. I love hearing from uh, the leader of our movement about where he believes uh, God is, is taking uh, these, our, our churches. And, uh, you know, I want to... I want to bounce off of that this morning, if that's all right, um, because there's something that, that Pastor Phil spoke about um, that, that it was easy to miss, but if we miss it, uh, completely limits our capacity to hear from God and to move into being the prophetic people that Pastor Phil was talking about. You see, if, if, if you think about, or if you go back to where he started, he began talking about this idea that, that when we wait, we hear the voice of God. He used this great phrase. He said, he said that waiting allows the mingling of God's thoughts with our imagination. And that this is the beginning of hearing God and leads to our ability to speak out and to prophesy His will. Right? But if we don't wait, if we don't pause, if we don't carve out time in our world to actually allow our natural senses to wind down so that our spiritual man can come alive and aware of what God is doing, we completely hinder ourselves from stepping into the space at which we hear, understand, and, and are able to then articulate the will and the purpose of God. Now, I'm all for being a prophetic church. I love seeing God move through the prophetic, but we will limit ourselves if we are not able to, to uh, build within our life a place of pause, a place of wait. And I don't think that it's a coincidence. I really don't believe in coincidences. I believe there's a God, right? There's a difference. You can believe there's coincidence or you can believe there's a God who's sovereign and at work. So I don't believe there's a coincidence that, that we get that message on the last Sunday of our series about waiting. We've spent a whole month talking about what it is to recalibrate, what it is to press pause in, in our inner man so that we can allow the presence and the power of God to become a part of who we are so that we can align ourselves with Him, so that we can get in tune with Him, so that we can hear His voice and go and be the people He's called us to. I don't believe that's a coincidence. And so what I want to do is I want to make sure that if we are going to be the people that Pastor Phil talks about, if we're going to be that prophetic people where we are speaking out into not just our own lives, but into the future of our church, that we're waking up, we're coming to prayer meeting Sunday morning, team time before service, and we're, we're declaring this is a church full of life. This is a church full of the Holy Spirit. This is a church full of encounter, of transformation. This is a church where there is salvation. If we want to be a people that, that, that are speaking that with the power of God on it, we first must be a people that know how to wait. We cannot expect to operate at the finish line when we don't know how to stand at the start line. And so I want to make sure we know what the start line looks like this morning. Amen? All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to, this is a bit strange for me, but it's all good. I've got three very clear points this morning. Uh, so, you know, all of, all of you who love structure and, and, and kind of deliberate steps, you're going to love this message. Uh, it's for you. But let's just pray, shall we? Father, I want to thank you so much for your word. I want to thank you that you're here, 
that your Holy Spirit is moving amongst us, that it's, it's here on purpose, on agenda. It's coming to bring transformation. It's coming to bring revelation. Lord, I pray even now, even now, our natural senses would just be softening and we would begin to be aware of your Spirit, that we would begin to be aware of the Spirit of revelation, of the power of your Word, of its life-giving, life-transforming nature. I pray that you would go before us right now and begin to do a work in our hearts, in our minds, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said amen, yeah? Come on. We need to pick up prayer in this church. The night's lost the other night, and um, it's a sign, I'm telling you, when we stop praying, sports teams start losing. That's a joke. It's... You guys can laugh. It's okay. So all the religious people in the church are like, oh, you know, like, it's okay. I don't really believe that. I just, I love the Jets and the Knights. I want our city to do well in sport so I can, so I can celebrate. When we wait, we're going to look at three things this morning that happen when we wait. Uh, so if you would like to put a heading at the top or kind of like a, a sentence that is going to s- sort of give you a structure for your notes, because uh, who knows it's good to take notes in church. It's like takeaway, uh, you know, you can eat in and then you can get the leftovers, you can take them home and you can eat the Chinese for like the rest of the week. Chinese tastes better like two days later, I reckon, I don't know. Um, it's, I feel like it's the same with a good message, right? Tastes better two days later once it's percolated. Um, but you can put the heading, when we wait. When we wait, we, all right, here we go. When we wait, we, here. And we're going we're gonna to pick up a story in 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to read from the NIV this morning. Um, and since it's not the Bible of choice for me, I'm going to read it from the screen. So if anyone else that doesn't have an NIV, you can do the same. It says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. Chapter 19, verse 11. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after, uh, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I tell you, if you're looking for purpose in life, Get in the house of God. Get in the house of God. You're going to hear purpose for your life when you're questioning, what am I doing? Where am I? Come into the house of God. God's going to speak purpose into your life. Give you some context for this scripture. Elijah's just won this incredible battle uh, against all of the kind of the prophets of this other God. It's a pretend God. It doesn't really exist. There's only one true God. But they thought it was a God and they worshipped this wooden cow um, and it was gold and they called it Baal and, and they thought it was real. And Elijah, to prove that there was one true God, kind of took him in, took him on, did a showdown. Uh, it was a bit like UFC but bigger. Um, and it involved fire, which I think is a great challenge. It separates the men from the boys who can start a fire with Without matches, right? If you're looking for a good challenge, we've got an upcoming men's event. This is a little like preview because it's not in the announcements yet. But I would be working. I would be working on my fire lighting without matches ability. I would just be doing that, just to give you a little hint. 
Right, so he, he has this showdown. Uh, God demonstrates that he's the one true God. Elijah then, then goes Hulk mode and obliterates, wipes out, kills all the kids have gone to kids' church, right? Yep, cool. Kills all the prophets of Baal, right? Um, and you would think that a man who has just done that with the power of God working through him would, would, would be on top of the world. But instead, uh, a woman says to him, I'm going to take you down, and this will demonstrate the power of a woman's words in a man's life, okay? Uh, Wives, you have the power to build your man up or tear him down, all right? You have that. There is nothing like a wife's words in a man's world to help keep him strong or make him feel weak. But Jezebel, right, this this woman says to Elijah, I'm going to hunt you down and I'm going to kill you, and he freaks out and he runs, Right, he runs away, and, and so this is where we pick up this story. He is he has run, hidden. He's kind of done. He's kind of bit burned out, and and possibly he hasn't been waiting enough in his world. But this is where we get this little interaction between him and God. And what I love right at the start of this scripture is that we, although it doesn't use the word wait, it implies waiting. Go out, Elijah, into the presence of God and wait for him to pass by. And, and as we read, we realize that Elijah is out there standing as, as the wind goes, as the earthquake goes, as the fire goes. He's still standing, still standing. So it doesn't say wait, but what's implied is that Elijah is waiting in the presence of God. And I think it's important for us to realize that, that we don't wait for the presence of God. We wait in the presence of God. God is everywhere. We're not, we're not going to say like our prayer time, waiting for God to show up. No, no. the way we approach our prayer time is that as we engage with it, what we're trying to do is help our own spirit become aware of what's actually real in the spirit already. God is already there. It's just that our natural man is so, we're so aware of that that unless we feel God, we think he's not there. But the reality is God is there and prayer is an opportunity for us to, to tune in to the reality of what's happening in the spirit. And that is that God is present. Right? So when we wait, we're not waiting for his presence, we're waiting in his presence. The other thing is that often we must wait through. Right? Per- waiting is a great perseverance developer. Right? We don't like perseverance in today's day and age. We're an instant gratification generation uh, and we like everything immediately. Right, like uh, we were at Central this morning and that video like froze after like one minute and nobody knew what to do. Yeah. We're like, oh my goodness. It's not immediately working. Like we used to just like hit stream and, and the video plays. Uh, we don't have to wait for anything these days. I remember, I remember dial-up internet. Who remembers dial-up internet? That wasn't even that long ago. Look how far we've come. Like now it's like streaming 4K movies. But here's the thing with perseverance. Anything we wait for communicates value. Anything we wait for communicates value. Um, I, said at, I said at Central... To, to the young people, I said, this is why it's worth the wait. This is why sex before marriage is something that undermines the value of what God has created. Like our, for our young men, the value you place on her is demonstrated by how you're willing to wait. Right, And so perseverance, the way in which we persevere through the temptation in that season demonstrates that we value her more than our own gratification. And sometimes I think we're not willing to wait through something for God, but God is just, he's just, he's just waiting to, to, for us sometimes to get our own revelation of how much we value God. 
Sometimes I think we don't believe in our own understanding of how much we value God. But when we, 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 we put in a place of perseverance, it becomes fully aware that actually I'm, I'm willing to wait. I'm, I'm willing to wait. And we begin to understand, wow, I really value God. I am willing to wait through. And it's waiting through all sorts of things. You know, we wait through the wind. Wind rustling in trees, I don't know about you, but it's one of the most distracting sounds in the world. Like if there is a gale force wind blowing, I cannot sleep. I hear it in the trees and I just for some reason gets my adrenaline going. It's like I'm picturing these trees like coming down through my roof and I just can't sleep. But then I began to think, well, what, what are the distractions that stop me uh, from, from, from being aware of God in my world? Right, Like when I come and have a time of prayer and, and whatever, and my phone just beeps, that little notification buzz, it doesn't even have to be on, it just buzzes. You know, I suddenly began to realize that, that sometimes I need to wait through those things. I need to wait through those things. Those things are the distracting things in my world. Those things are the wind rustling through the trees in my world. Right? You know they say there's a syndrome, syndrome now where, where young people are phantom feeling phone vibrations? It's, I have that um, from time to time. I'm convinced my phone's vibrated in my pocket. Pull it out to see who loves me, and nobody loves me because it's been a phantom vibration, right? That, that's, that's not even just the wind through the trees. That's, I don't know what's going on there. But we have to wait through that, right? We've got to persevere. We've got to wait through the wind. We've got to wait through the earthquake. Sometimes we've got to wait through the things in life that are trying to shake us. Stuff happens in our world and it wants to shake us and we just need to be determined that we're going to wait through that until we hear what God's voice is for our life. You know, often I, I don't think it's a great idea that when we're all shaken up that we make a big life decision. Sometimes we need to wait through the shaking until we get to a place where we can hear God's voice with clarity. We need to wait through the fire. You know, in, in Scripture, fire is synonymous with a testing, a purifying. And sometimes we need to wait our, ourselves through a test. Sometimes we need to wait ourselves through a season where there is a purifying happening in our world and it doesn't always feel good and it's not always easy, but, but there is something on the other side of it. If we will wait through the fire, we arrive in a place where the clarity of God's voice is loud in our world. Even a whisper from God is loud when we're tuned in. And once we wait through the wind and we wait through the earthquake and we wait through the fire, we, we hear His voice. When we wait, we hear. Spend the time that it takes to hear. The time that it takes to entwine His will with our imagination. If we're going to be a church that speaks prophetically the will of God, we must wait through whatever it takes to be able to have our spirit man come alive in awareness to God, to his presence, so that when we do speak, we're not speaking just out of our own mind, but we're speaking out of our spirit that is entwined with the very will of God. That when we do begin to see, what we see is not just our own imaginations, but it's the power God has given us to dream and see entwined with his will and his destiny and his plan for our lives and for the church. And so when we see and speak, it comes from a place of authentic connection with God. So when we wait, we hear. Number two, when we wait, we receive. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31 in the New King James, it says this. It says, 
He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. It's a great scripture. It's up there on the top 10 tattooed scriptures, um, I'm sure, right? Um, it's up there with Philippians 4. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's like one or two on the tattooed scriptures list in, on the top 10. Who, who remembers, um, was it MySpace Fab Five? Who, does anyone remember MySpace? Yes, yes. MySpace, wow, what a blast from the past. We receive. When we wait, we receive. See, it says we receive strength, but there's a little acknowledgement, like all of this is awesome. All of these promises, we shall get this and get that and there's that, oh, awesome, yes, get on fire with that. But the reality is that there's this, there's this preceding directive from God. There's a preceding directive. And sometimes we can miss it because, because it says that he will give strength to the weak. And sometimes I think that uh, we don't like to acknowledge that we are the weak before God. Sometimes we, we don't like to, to acknowledge our own humanity. We come before God with the same masks that we wear around other people. We come before God with that same presentation of, I've got life all together. I'm, I'm infinitely strong all of the time. And we come to God and we're like, I'm awesome. And God's like, I know you. I know what you did last summer. Um, and I think we have to be okay with an acknowledgement of our humanity before God. We have to be okay with going, God, I'm human. I can do all things, but it's through Christ who strengthens me. I actually can't do all things in my own strength. I'm not supposed to be a self-made man. I'm not supposed to be a self-sustaining man. I'm supposed to be a God-dependent man. I'm supposed to recognize that it's in His strength and His power that I can do all things, not on my own. And until I'm able to come before God, authentically, genuinely recognizing my own humanity and seeking Him for strength and direction, I put myself in a place where I can't receive it. And so we, we, we have to acknowledge that we are weak. That's not a bad thing to put that before God. He already knows. He's okay with that, yeah. right? But when we do that, it says we receive strength. It says we receive, it says we receive strength. But what I love is what strength leads to. See, strength leads to two things in this scripture. It leads to uh, rising up on wings like an eagle, and, and it leads to running and not growing weary, which I really like. I like that idea. Um, and we shall walk and not faint. And to me, this says that when we receive strength, we'll receive altitude. And altitude is this really cool thing. I don't know if you've ever been in a plane flying over a series of mountains, right, like um, over the Himalayas or, or anything like that. The, the crazy thing with altitude is that you can't tell the height of a mountain. So something where you're on the ground and you're looking at and this mountain seems really big in front of you uh, that you're not sure how you're going to get past it, right? You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You've got to go through it on a bear hunt, um, right? But... <laughs> But when you've got altitude, the mountain doesn't look so high. When you've got altitude, the mountain looks the same height as the valley. When you've got altitude, suddenly that thing that was looming in front of you, like something that was impassable, suddenly now seems really passable. And altitude is really important in our life. And so when we receive strength, it says we'll receive altitude. And suddenly we start doing life from up here and our mountains don't look like mountains. They just look like, like, like this flat road. 
All right, so, so strength is important for altitude. The second thing strength is important for is pace. Strength is important for pace. Running, walking, they're, they're two different paces. But, but strength is important for pace because we all have these future dreams, these promises that we're holding on to from God. I'm believing for, for, for this or I'm believing for that. I'm believing for a spouse. I'm believing for a job. I'm believing for a house. I'm, I'm believing for an Aston Martin. If you feel like being the provision of God in my world, that's okay. Amen. Um, right, but I, ha- I genuinely have, I have this thing that I call one day well burn. One day well burn, right? It's like the, the idealistic me that I am trying to attain one day. One day I will be there. I literally have pages in my journal where I have written, I dream of being a man that. And then there's a whole list of sentences where I'm like, I dream of being that man. But can I tell you, if I go a little while without connecting authentically, like really connecting with God, that seems a long way off. One day, Wellburn seems a long way down the road, but I put myself in his presence. I wait on him. I entwine my imagination with his will. He starts to breathe into my heart. I, I get like, suddenly, that seems a lot closer. I suddenly seem to be traveling far quicker towards one day, Wellburn than I thought. It suddenly seems like what I was hoping for way down the track is actually a whole lot closer. I've suddenly picked up the pace towards my dream rather than it seeming like it's a marathon away. I'm more like, that's more like a 5K park run. I reckon I can make that. And, and so when we receive strength, we suddenly receive this pace to move towards the people of God that he's transforming us into. When we read about it in scripture, all the ideals, all the endpoints, suddenly we receive strength to move there quickly. And it's like the things we're dreaming and hoping for down the track. Suddenly, they're not so far away. Suddenly, they seem achievable. Suddenly, they seem like we're getting closer. It's like we're moving towards them quicker and quicker. When we receive strength, we receive pace. When we wait, we hear. When we wait, we receive. And lastly, and Maybe uh, I could get Todd just to jump up. That'd be awesome. But when we wait, we become. When we wait, we become. And uh, Luke 24, 49 says this. It says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes. Can I tell you when life gets tumultuous, stay in the house of God. Stay in the house of God. Uh, stay here until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Stay here until you receive. Maybe not today because we have a time where we've got to like be out, but, but, but make it a place, a, 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 a habit that you will place yourself in the house of God week after week. Stay in the city until... If if you need a breakthrough, if you're a believer for healing, if you need financial breakthrough, relationship breakthrough, can I tell you sometimes, we we learned it before, there's a perseverance attached to the journey, but don't leave the city until the Spirit of God has come upon you. Don't leave the house of God until the, the Spirit of God has come upon you. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. You know, there's, a, there's another cool translation that, that puts it like this. It says that you will be clothed with power from on high. Now, I don't know about you. I was, I've been into fashion from time to time in my life, but I never considered going out to, to, to work or, or to the shop. I never considered doing that without any clothes on. Like, I don't know about you, but I never did that. But somehow in our Christian walk, we all just... We just we passively slip into this mindset of going out in life without 
spiritual clothing on. Without being clothed with power, we go out into a world where we're supposed to be powerful. We're supposed to be full of hope and full of joy, but that only comes from the Holy Spirit. We can't generate that on ourselves. We're human beings, broken, like vases. We leak and all this kind of stuff going all over the place. And if I'm not filled, if I'm not clothed with power from on high, I'm heading out into my world in a way that it's just it's not a good picture. And what I love about this little section, I don't know if, if you're into reading books, I like reading books. And um, I, like, I like like trilogies. Well, like I, read, I read Hunger Games before I watched the movies. Um, I, read, I read the Divergent series before I watched the movies. Uh, I'd say I'd read other books, but you probably judge me as your pastor, so I won't. Um, but I love the way a good author will take the last chapter of, of a prequel book and make it the first chapter of the next book to make sure you understand the story's progressing. Right? Uh, they don't want to lose you in the middle. They wrote one book and they, they, they kind of had an idea that there was going to be more. They wrote one. So they took the last section of the last book and they put it in the first section of the next book. Right? And, and you've got to understand, the person that wrote this scripture, Luke, he actually wrote another book. He wrote the book of Acts. He wrote the book of Acts. And, and so as a good author, what he's done is he's taken the last chunk of this book, which is his gospel, the book of Luke, and, and he's repackaged it as the first chapter of his next book because he doesn't want to lose you on the journey, right? So if you, want to, if you want to follow along, don't do it now. Do it when you get home and you'll, you'll be able to be like eating the Chinese again. But Acts chapter 1 is very similar to Luke chapter 24. You see, Acts chapter 1, Luke says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. He's taking, he's taking exactly what he wrote here. He rewords it a little bit, builds a little bit more suspense in there because he's a good author. And then, and then he packages it as the opening to Acts. And he says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. But a good book takes the story further, right? And so in Acts, he takes it a bit further because now he unpacks, well, what is the power for? What is the power for? It's great. i got power. But, but what is it for? He says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power to be my witnesses. When we wait, when we wait, we become witnesses. When we wait, we become witnesses. We're clothed with power from on high. Can I tell you, there is no greater distinctive of the reality of a living God than His power. There is no greater demonstration that He is real that when His power moves someone, moves through someone, whether, whether it's a healing, whether it's, a, whether it's a, a, a crazy breakthrough of provision, whether it's a miracle in your world, I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you there is no greater demonstration of the reality of God than His power. And we are to be witnesses that He's a real living God. And to do that, we need His power. Can I tell you what, what the first witness is? The first witness is when His Spirit first speaks to our heart about our own salvation. And you might be here today, and that's a weird word. We don't really use the word salvation in, in modern kind of cultural context. It's not something that not, not too many people are going around going, I need to be saved. Um, but can I tell you the reality of the world we live in is that there is a God who's real and, and He loves you. And actually, he really wants to have a relationship with you. Humanity was always created to have relationship with God. 
But the truth is that in our humanity, every single one of us has done things, thought things, acted on things that in the eyes of a perfect God, he calls sin and and they separate us from him. They stop us having a relationship with him. And so what he did because of his great love for us, he asked his son Jesus to come to earth to die on a cross. He died, he was buried and he rose again. And in doing that, he actually paid the price for every wrong thing that we've ever done in our humanity. And the Bible tells us that we, if, if, we are, if we accept who Jesus was, we accept what Jesus did, then we can come back in a relationship with God. And so that, in essence, is salvation. It's being saved from ourselves. It's being saved from the things that separate us from God. And I really want to give an opportunity this morning for every person in this place. Maybe you've never said, you know what, I believe that. I actually believe in God, I believe in Jesus, and I believe, I want to believe that He died for me. Or maybe you did a long time ago. I talk to people all the time these days, and they're like, oh yeah, I went to youth when I was a teenager. But it's clear that their life is not connected with God right now, and and maybe you're there. I want to tell you, you're in the right place, because you have an opportunity right now to reconnect with God. Right here, right, it's so simple, actually. It's, it's as easy as acknowledging, believing, and confessing. It's ABC. Acknowledge that, yep, there's things in my world that in the eyes of God, they're not right. B, believe Jesus is who He said He is and did what He said He did. And C, confess with your mouth that you believe Him and you'd like Him to be Lord of your life. I'd love right now if we could close our eyes. It's a moment of individual privacy for every person here. And maybe that's you. Maybe you feel right now in your heart, kind of like in your gut even, just something stirring. Can I tell you, that's God speaking to you. He's trying to draw you back in a relationship with Him. Maybe you're feeling that and you're not really sure how to, how to kind of go on. Can I tell you, it's really easy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity in a second just to, just to do something that acknowledges that, yeah, I'm feeling that and I I would like to receive God this morning and have a relationship with Him. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to simply ask you to put your hand up. Just wave at me. It doesn't have to be like a a whole raised hand, even just a little wave. And really that it's just a a physical act. It's just a physical thing that, that acknowledges, yeah, there's something going on in my heart right now. So maybe that's you. And maybe this is the first time for you. Or maybe, maybe you, you're one of those guys and you did that a long time ago, but you're like, you know what, I need you, God. And God's like, that's great, I haven't gone anywhere, I'm right here. Just love for you to acknowledge before me this morning. One, two, three. If that's you, why don't you just have a little wave. Just let me know that's you. If there's anyone here this morning, I'd love to have a pray with you. Just give an opportunity for you to meet God. Begin that journey with Him, that relationship with Him. He is absolutely for you, absolutely loves you. Awesome. You know, I felt so strongly on my heart this morning uh, with this word to create an opportunity for each and every person, if, if, if you feel like you need to have a moment right now where you tune down the natural senses 
so that your spirit can become aware of God afresh. I'm not talking like you've journeyed off somewhere and left him behind. or what. It's just life. A couple of days, Mary and Joseph only walked three days and they're, they're, they're disconnected from Jesus. Sorry, one day. They only walked one day. It took them three days to find him again. Um, but right now is an opportunity. Maybe you've just, it's just been a busy week and you haven't, you haven't connected with him. I don't mean you haven't like, read your Bible plan, ticked that box. I mean, I mean like, let's make it real. Let's make it authentic. Let's make it genuine. We don't want to have religion. We want to actually have relationship with a living God. So I want to let you know right now, this altar's open. Todd's going to lead us in, in a song. Maybe, maybe Nick, do you mind coming back up there? We're going to sing one last song this morning. And, and maybe, maybe you just want to have a moment where you come forward and you just put yourself before God. You're like, God, I'm just going to wait on you. I'm just going to wait on you. Yep, you can do it in your seat. But, you know, there was something about the altar in the Old Testament that sacrifice was put on the altar. And sometimes there's power in what we're willing to sacrifice to meet with God. And sometimes it's a sacrifice in, in a place like this where it's a bit awkward to be the first one to stand up and walk down the front. But can I tell you, that's the sort of thing we put on the altar. And we go, you know what? I'm willing to sacrifice people's opinion so that I can connect with God right now because I actually need God. I need God more than I needed to worry about what people think about me. I need Him. I need Him in my world. I need Him right now. So can we all stand, church? Can we all stand and as these guys lead us in a song? If you're, if you're like, you know what? I need God. I need a moment with Him. I need to wait with Him. I need to pause with Him. Why don't you make this space down the front, your altar right now, where you can meet with Him. Don't hesitate. Just come forward in Jesus' name. Thanks, guys. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.